Roots and Wings. 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 Welcome to Roots and Wings. I'm Amy. And I'm Danielle. This is our podcast about raising teens. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning, Amy. How are you? I'm all right. I'm really excited that we're recording um, just a day before we go put our episode out. Yes. It's, and it's quite the day exciting. before what date? December the 1st. And you've got your glitter on already? I'm already in sequins. She's fully <laughs> sequined up already for Christmas. I feel like I might have gone in a bit early because, oh, um, yeah, but I'm going to run out. I like to wear something sparkly every single day in December. I know you do. I remember um, last year you did have the sparkly socks. Yeah. Sparkly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you started early. I've started early. Have you got your advent calendars? I've not. And I've just, as we've <laughs> sat down with this coffee, I've just looked. You've got about three over there. Yeah. yeah I've got yeah. one. Myla's yeah, got hers because she got given it from the Santa at school. And so that's what I'll be doing after here on my way to work. I'll be rushing around the supermarkets to get the advent calendar. You know me, I'm never organised. I'm always last minute. <laughs> you always look fabulous though oh, while you're you. doing it. How's work? How's this week um, going? Full on, but not complaining. Um, yeah, just just full on and looking after lots of children in a, a very big Christmas show and lots of different personalities. But I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. It's hard work though, isn't it? Because I think when you're a mum and you look after your own children and then your job is to go and look after somebody else's children yeah you must feel like you're never off no I'm, I'm constantly with children constantly at the moment um have you, done like any, said, have you done any fun stuff have you had any time off no not at all but I am trying I am going to book in Santa's Grotto somewhere somewhere along the line for my and that. this morning oh my gosh she got up at six o'clock this morning going it's Christmas and she woke everyone up, it's Christmas, it's Christmas, because she looked out the window and it's full of snow. Snow, yes, it's, we have snow in Leeds it. today. It's very exciting. So, yes. I mean, it's not a lot. It's just a, I'm sure Simon called it this morning a smuttering. And I was like, a I, don't think, I don't think that's a word, babe. It sounds like a word Danielle would use. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, um, he, he's happy with our smuttering of snow because it looks pretty, but it doesn't disrupt the roads yeah, so yeah, much because still kids can still go to school and get to school and what about are you doing any christmas decorations or i've seen a little bit on your insta yeah, few styling bits i bought um ruby turned to me the other day and she was like every time i look at you you've got another set of fairy lights it's so true i mean literally <laughs> i've i'm sticking batteries or plugging or trailing or so i've um relocated a few disco balls so far yes i've strung a few sets of fairy lights outside so we did a bit of the outside um and then this weekend i think we'll go with the first of four trees first of four yeah well i have two in one room so yeah yeah Um, doing a lot better than me by the way well it's not done yet this is just an ambition but (laughs) we've got our first two family christmases this this weekend oh my gosh i know friday is um family uh, one side of family and saturday is another side of family brilliant so Zeb said, does that mean I'll get presents? <laughs> no, Santa's not coming yet. <laughs> They're so ruthless though, aren't they? It's oh, just like, what can I have? Um, so yeah, so busy week. Um, we're recording episode three. I can't believe people are actually listening. I went out this week and someone who, a mutual friend of ours said, great podcast. And I was a bit like, ooh. I know, do you feel like a bit embarrassed or yeah. a bit like, oh, they've listened to Have my voice. Have you had feedback from people you know? Yeah, and obviously a lot of the parents of the children I'm looking after are, you know, like coming and going, oh, I've listened to it. It's really helped me on my journey. And, yeah. Um, got some tips. So 
at the moment, quite good feedback. Yeah. And lots of people saying they've got tips and they're going to use that at home. And so, yeah. That's the it's point, exciting. right? Yeah. I know, I know. I think you sit here, don't you? And there's like me, you and Katie over there. Yeah. And uh, and you, and the dogs, obviously. There's always dogs. There's one actually there's always laid, coffee. Laid, there's on always coffee. The, laid on the table yeah. in front of us now. Um, but yeah, you kind of, I think you, 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 you chat away, but you don't really think about the fact that people are going to listen at the end. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's a bit mad really. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to be doing episode three and, um, why don't we, why don't we get on with it? Yeah. Molly Forbes, body image. Let's Woo! do it. Roots and wings. So body image, that is today's topic. It's very, very interesting and it covers so much, not yeah. just obviously the weight and the size of yeah. bodies, um, yeah. image yeah, as well. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Curly hair for us. Curly hair for <laughs> us, absolutely. How do we create body happy kids? I mean, we have actually got an expert, thankfully. We've got a very, very good expert. Molly is coming up and she is absolutely the expert, but... Um, but yeah, I think it's, I mean, for me, it's a massive topic. Yes. Um, I've kind of never been very, very strong on body positivity personally. I struggle with my body image. Um, people are always surprised to hear that. And not because I look gorgeous, but because I seem confident. Yes, I think very people confident. are always really surprised when I say, oh no, I feel um, incredibly down on myself I'm much better than I used to be yeah I watch all these amazing people on Instagram who say you know (laughs) embrace your curves and all that um it's never a reflection on anyone else I think everybody else looks absolutely fabulous um so yeah and yet I have two girls Ruby is 19 Minnie is 16 who both seem quite body happy so they've not got your like you said, you have issues with your mm. own body image. They've not attached onto that at all. No. They've just said, uh, what, what? doesn't seem to have impacted them. Yeah. And I don't know why. Um, yeah, they just seem comfortable in their own skin. Don't get me wrong. I mean, teenage girls all have wobbles, don't they, at times? Like, what to wear? Yeah, and comparing themselves and Ugh. all that kind of stuff. It's, yeah. it's big, but... That's... But no, they've, they've, they've come out unscathed. And I think if I was a teenager now... I was bad enough. Can you imagine what I'd be like now if I had even more comparison on social media? I might be a lot worse. Or you might be better. Or I might be better. You might be better on the other side, you know, because you've seen so many different bodies out there. Types of bodies and types of images. And, you know, it's... Yeah, no, that's really true. So, no, they've they've got got away with it okay. Um, They both seem quite body happy. Yeah. Uh, We're all really into fashion. Yeah. Um, We all get fed up by sizing in clothes don't you get fed up like totally Zara it's just sometimes they get it really right and other times they get it really wrong yeah um and me being hourglass shape lots of curves yeah just somebody says to me actually while we're talking about body image last week um pulled me to one side and went Danielle can I just ask you a personal question I was like yeah what (laughs) have you had a boob job and do you know the That's amount a really of times? Yeah, question. the amount of times I get asked it, and I'm like, Have no, no, not had a boob job. <laughs> I won't mind a boob lift, <laughs> but um, no, um, yeah, I get asked it a lot, and I'm just you've like, got a great set. Of I've boobies. got massive knockers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Mimi hates me. She's like, thanks, mum, you've given me um, these. Like, people pay a lot of money for yeah. boobs now. Um, but yeah, that's another thing with body image, like for yeah. my 
growing up in a dancing world, I was on stage from age three, so I've been always around different body types and, um, you know, from a dancing background. Uh, yeah, I didn't Did you get a lot of pressure to be look a certain way? Oh, yeah. I've lost jobs because I wasn't thin enough really? or too curvy. Boobs are too big. The oh. outfits don't fit because obviously I need to wear a bra. I can't just go on stage and dance without my boobs knocking me out. So <laughs> it's, it's all that as well. But I never really had massive hang-ups about it, to be honest. I just thought, oh, okay, well, I'm just obviously not right for that job. I'm Gosh, not... Danielle, if that had been me, if someone had said to me, you were too fat for a job or too curvy or too big-boobed, that would have destroyed me. Yeah. I think it's just when you're in that industry, you have to be thick-skinned. You have to... I mean, they yeah. won't get away with it now. They won't no. be able to say, well, actually, you, you're just too you too top-heavy or you're yeah. too curvy and, you know... I mean, yeah. it's all the rage now, isn't it, to have a big Kardashian booty and a big... Well, this is it. How do you keep up? How do you keep up with this expectation of what you're meant to look like? Because when I was a teenager, it was about being really waif. It was like that Kate Moss era, wasn't it? And you had to be like... I have no boobs, just have nipples. Yeah, no boobs, just nips. Um, And you had like a tiny bum and a tiny waist. And now it's like tiny waist, but big bottom. Yeah. And, and curvy yeah curvy it's it's, it's trends isn't it, it goes yeah. through the waves but that's crazy it's your body yeah. how can you respond to that yeah it's not fashion it's just it literally is your yeah body yeah absolutely and you've got um you've got hendrix obviously is hendrix 14 hendrix now? is 13, 13 and has got the fastest metabolism i've ever known he eats me out of house and home and and he's tall isn't he he's very very tall so which you, is another thing that he can't get his head around yeah. like he's 13 and he's like five foot nine and people just, expect so yeah. much more of kids like boys that are taller don't they yeah, so you have yeah. the opposite because zeb is obviously tiny and he's 12 so he's not that far away from hendrix yeah but and yeah, if you he's... put them side by side <laughs> you, you think there's like years father and son. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean not but yeah, oh, yeah um, it's true. and so whereas zeb struggles with being little hendrix then I think they expect you to be more grown up and more mature. Yeah, Hendrix struggles being tall, especially on the football pitch. You know, like, all of a sudden he's not, his football struggled for a couple of weeks. But the coach says, you know, he's growing into his skin at the moment. So he's he's had a bit of a wobble. Now he's he's fine again. He's playing great again. But it's it's massive, isn't it? And some people on the pitch are a bit scared of him because of his height. Yeah, he's soft. Yeah. And yeah, gorgeous he's just and yeah. lovely and sensitive and he's not aggressive really at all. Um and there's all that expectation, isn't there, around, which I think, you know, we'll probably we'll probably pick Molly's the brains about, but you know, that sort of gender stereotyping, you know, yeah. because he's a boy and because he's tall, he should be tough and he should be Yeah. And he's hard all but all actually... down to body image. I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to listening to her talk about the BMI stats and all yeah. that kind of thing. I'm gonna have to delve yeah. into that with her yeah that's um, fascinating her book's She's, really interesting it's so good it's so good i'd recommend it to anybody to read in fact i have i recommended it to my sisters yeah i said you need to read it so yeah let's get on with it yes let's do it roots and wings we're really really happy to um introduce our guest for this week it's molly forbes mum author educator campaigner and founder of body happy org a social enterprise promoting positive body image in children we have both devoured molly's book um and we've written notes upon notes upon notes but we're not going to keep you for like three days molly so don't worry (laughs) um there's loads and loads of really good research that backs up everything you talk about in the book, but also loads of great resources. Um, and we're going to really push you on the sort of teenage years, if that's all right. Um, sure. So welcome, Molly, to Roots and Wings. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's really, really not, I'm really excited about this this podcast, this whole thing, but this chat as well, especially. Thank you. We're really, really thrilled. It really, means, really means a lot that you're here. Yeah. So you're going to dive in, Danielle, because you something that Molly's been talking about just this week. You were like, "Oh my god, I need to talk to her about yes. that." I'm going to go straight into BMI. Um, yes. Is it good? Is it bad? I have personally had an experience with it with one of my children's at school. You've had the letter. I had the letter. I had the letter saying overweight. And I had the strength to go, I know you're not overweight. I know none of that adds up. Um, My child was healthy, active, happy. Definitely nothing to be concerned of. But you know, I do think if if I was another type of parent, would I have called the doctor? Would I have taken them straight in and put them on all different kinds of diets? And I just basically put the letter in the bin because I knew, you know, I knew from my experience of being around so many children. I work with a lot of children. I was a professional dancer. Um, so I've seen all kinds of body shapes and sizes. And I knew deep down it's a load of crap so what is your take <laughs> on, take on the BMI to the nuts and bolts of the conversation which I love so I think first of all it's really important to kind of explain what body image is and understand how the way that we talk about health can directly impact our body image and that's the case for children and adults so body image is the way that we think and feel about our bodies it's a psychological construct it's not necessarily this um thing of like just liking what you see when you look in the mirror it's the way that we think and feel about our bodies so the 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 way that we think and feel about our bodies though can be impacted by the way that other people treat us so although changing the way that you look won't necessarily change your body image because it's this internal thing. The way that you look can impact how other people treat you, which can then impact how you think and feel about your body, right? Yeah, yeah. So the the reason that, that health is such an important part of this conversation is there are lots of messages coming at us all the time, which are impacting how we think and feel about our bodies. And whether we sort of think about our body as a good body or a bad body, or even just having that concept that there are good and bad bodies, these messages are all around us. And they're often so sort of normalized and ingrained in our society that we don't notice them. They're just sort of accepted ways of being. We don't we don't really think about them critically. We just sort of accept them without second guessing them. Yeah. And the way that we think about health is one of those things. So we are taught from a really young age and and where these ideas are ingrained in us that health is this really simple binary thing that you can tell how healthy someone is by looking at them that health is largely about you know what we eat and how we move our body so nutrition and exercise are like the two biggest components of of health and that if you're a higher weight person, you're automatically unhealthy. And also, by extension of that, that we have total control over our weight and, you know, and also, you know, the way that we look, the shape of our body, that it's something that we have total control over. Yeah. And these are just ideas that we're taught from a really early age, whether we're talking about, you know, the way that four-year-olds learn about healthy eating or the way that, 40 year olds you know think about dieting you know all the yeah. you know the, the messages that we're getting on social media to the messages that we might be hearing from extended relatives you know at, at the dinner table so these ideas are just kind of partly 
they're, they're there all the time and they massively impact the way that we think and feel about our bodies. They massively impact the body image of children. They are really detrimental to the body image of children. And BMI is one of those things. So when we're talking about BMI, it's, it's, it's interesting to know where B, what BMI is and where it came from. So at its most simplest form, BMI is just a, a measure of populational. It, it was a, it was a, it was a tool that was created to measure populational body sizes. So it was never meant to be an individual um, tool to kind of tell us how healthy someone is. But the other thing that's important to know about BMI is that when they were kind of working out, well, what's the what's the average? What's the quote unquote average? What's the what's the perfect weight? They were working out those weights based on white men. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, if they were. You're not a, if you're not a white man, mm. then you know what does that even mean? It doesn't relate, to, which is really interesting because when they're talking, when we're doing the National Child Measurement Program, we're getting kids weighed in school, which happens in the UK in state-funded schools. Often, what we see with that program is that children who are of South Asian heritage often come out as lower on the scale. So they might get a letter home saying that they are quote unquote underweight. Yeah. And black children often come out as higher on the scale. And that is a known thing. And, and it doesn't mean that they are unhealthy. No. It just means that that is the shape of their body. But BMI doesn't, it's not an individualized tool. It's widely accepted by many, many health professionals that is not a useful indicator of health and it was never actually created to be an individual measure of health all it is is a way to kind of give us populational trends and actually when we look at health in a bit more detail and we understand how complicated health is and we understand all the many different factors that can influence a person's weight and we understand how many of those factors are beyond our individual control mm -hmm. um we sort of start to understand actually well, measuring a child's weight doesn't really give us, doesn't do anything. It, yeah. it doesn't lead to better health outcomes. It it can lead to worse health outcomes. You know, there's a correlation, there's a really strong correlation between poor body image and eating disorders and yeah. other mental health concerns. Yeah. We know that, you know, dieting is often the first step on a child or an adult developing an eating disorder. So it's not like everyone who starts a diet is going to develop an eating disorder, but most eating disorders start with a diet. So actually, if a child, if a parent who Danielle maybe didn't have the same kind of attitudes as you was to receive a letter home saying their child was in the quote unquote wrong weight category, mm -hmm. their impulse might be, oh, I need to do something about this. And to then put their child on a diet or restrict restrict their food, which is essentially putting them on a diet and yeah. then talking to them, you know, about healthy eating, maybe and getting them to do more and more exercise. That child might then become very self-conscious of their body and yeah. start to be aware of their body in a way that they weren't before. Um, maybe that child's in year six because it, the weighing happens in reception in year six. Maybe that child's in year six and they're going through puberty. And so actually their body's doing just what it, it should yeah. be doing or maybe they're not a white male exactly well. <laughs> maybe they're not a white male you know um maybe their body is bodies body diversity exists bodies aren't all meant to look the same mm -hmm. you know some people are higher weight some people are lower weight that's not a bad thing it's just the way that you know the human species is designed we're not all meant to have the same shape bodies but what this tool does this bmi tool 
it kind of puts us all in the same box. It puts us all in the same category. And it says, if you don't meet this really narrow definition of what healthy is and what a good body is, then your body is wrong. And the impact of that for a child to uh, understand that can be devastating. Absolutely. Absolutely. You categorize any child in any way, shape or form and you, you limit them, you make them feel that that's it defines you're saying you know they it happens at year six just prior to them getting probably their first mobile phone just prior to them going off to high school this huge sort of life-changing moment in their life puberty and puberty has taken hold and they've just been put into a category where they're told they are wrong or not normal or overweight or underweight and that could be catastrophic um, yeah, and their bodies are naturally changing often at that age. Yes. You know, some children, by the time they get to year six, some children might be starting periods, or they yeah. might be grow. You know, they they might be developing body hair, or yeah. or you know, breasts, or whatever. You know, yeah. that, that bodies naturally w- w- can start to change at that age, and yeah. so naturally children might start to already be feeling a little bit self-conscious about their body and they might already have a mobile phone I know lots of year sixes that already have a mobile phone and they're not meant to be on TikTok and things but they are of course they are you know so they're they're being exposed to, to to these messages online as well couple that with the environment that they're growing up in where they're overhearing conversations maybe from the adults around them they're overhearing you know they're being taught very sort of binary ways of thinking about food as good and bad food all of that is creating an environment that makes um just being peace at peace in your body and friends with your body and just like happy in your body quite difficult um and on the other scale it makes developing an eating disorder or a disordered relationship with food quite easy yeah um so it's certainly kind of it doesn't it's not a healthy environment to be in which is ironic because it's all done under the name of yeah. isn't it yeah. so on that basis it, probably from what you're saying there's not a single piece of advice that you could give to a parent who has received that letter and doesn't know how to deal with it. you know it, it's it's about more than just one piece of advice isn't it it's not as simple as throw it in the bin it's yeah. about the way you talk to your children from toddler yeah. to teen isn't it really I mean on a most basic level if you're if you're that parent and you receive that letter, my advice, the first thing I would say is just put it in the bin. Yeah. And don't talk to your child. I did right. Well done, Don't, don't talk to your child about it. Don't let your child see that letter. Yeah. And, and know that there are all sorts of ways that you can support your child's health that have absolutely nothing to do with putting them on a diet. Yeah, I loved your piece in the um, in the book all around self care, and I actually scribbled down loads of things because I thought, you know, you you get in and out of the habit of of focusing on those things of busy lives. You know, I've got three, you've got three. Um, yours range from is Mila five, Mila's four, four um, to four, sort of, thirteen and. 15 yeah oh gosh, and I've got I've got nearly 19 16 and 12 um and we work and we've got you know busy busy everything and so sometimes our own self-care goes out the window but I really I really um really took stock of the the ideas around self-care and and that sort of thing of you know do it with the same regularity as you brush your teeth actually just start to and and all of them what I liked about them is not one of them that's the whole point obviously but it was all about 
stop look, not looking at yourself, not not considering your body image, just actually looking out. So being mindful, you know, dancing, thinking about other people in your community that you can reach out and help. Um, we have a kitchen karaoke rather than a kitchen disco, Molly, in our house. I but, you know, I, I just I thought that was such a good reminder that self-care is so incredibly important in this conversation. It is. And it's become something that's been really overly commodified. And I think it's really important to know, like, again, just like understanding the roots of BMI can help us sort of deconstruct it. Understanding the roots of where self-care came from can be really useful to kind of actually incorporate it into our life. Because self-care wasn't originally this way to sort of sell beauty products. It was (laughs) it was a concept to kind of um, help people foster healthy communities and and particularly if they're living in an, 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 oppre- an oppressed community we're actually looking after looking out for each other and and you know caring for people in your community is a really important thing so actually self-care is is about it, it's not about you know buying a posh bubble bath or whatever although I really like bubble baths, but it doesn't have to be a thing to like make you go and buy all the money, buy all the things yeah. and spend all the money. Yeah. Or even just giving your kid permission to just have an evening off doing their homework for the evening. You know, like sometimes I've had to do that with I've got a 13 year old and and life is so busy and kids are so busy and there's so much pressure with yeah. school. And yeah. if your kid is that minded, like actually it can be quite it can it really impact their their stress levels and for my daughter like I've had to step in sometimes and be like right it's a Friday evening you're not going to do any homework tonight you're going to just have a chill night you're going to sit on the sofa and watch something on Netflix go and have a bath go and listen to some music go and you need to switch off this evening um and you know for her that's that's useful she needs she needs to have those reminders it might be just you know right let's try and get outside you know and just have a walk or go and have a kick about the park or just go to the park or you know just do something like all of those things are little acts of self-care yeah and they're nothing to do with changing the the shape of our bodies it's nothing to do with trying to make us look a different way but it can support our overall health and well-being and actually getting kids to think about health in that way is much more useful than just saying you know eat some lettuce yeah (laughs) and 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 I think particularly with teens you know they will they will often resist you know the walk or the particularly walk yeah we we got two dogs on the basis that we wanted to spend more time outside um and they will often resist but then you can get almost every time we do actually drag all of ourselves out on that walk it turns into such a good space because where we live, there is literally no reception. So their phones have to stay in the pocket because they can't they can't they can't check in on anybody on Snapchat anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And and we start talking eventually, reluctantly, we start talking and then, you know, you might I don't know, Zeb might climb a tree, which is pretty much inevitable every time we go for a walk, too high a tree as well. But it's just a really nice eventually and and you know they will resist but eventually they kind of they realize oh actually that was that was all right you know and I haven't really missed out on an awful lot between when I left and when I got back um and I think that that self-care is for you then as a parent as well isn't it yeah and it's a bonding it's a bonding activity as well I think particularly for for older kids having that time to check in and have conversations about things Mm. is really important and 
um i would hate for anyone to think um that there's like a right or wrong way to do this because i think all families are different um yeah. and i think that particularly when it comes to 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 body image and the way that we think and feel about our bodies and and mental health and all of this stuff actually probably the most important thing that we can do as parents is to create a safe space for our children to talk about stuff that's bothering yeah. them and and not as hard as this might be not feel that we have to rush in to just fix it immediately or sort of in, try and make everything better because what that can do is it can invalidate their concerns yeah. and, and going for a walk can actually be a really nice opportunity to have conversations about stuff that has maybe just not come up and that's partly like there's science behind it so walking sometimes if you're having conversation with someone and you're face to face it can actually create a barrier. It can be quite a difficult mm. um, situation to be in, to have a conversation, particularly, um, so one of my daughters is neurodivergent. And so if she feels under pressure in that situation to like, what do I say in this situation? That just shuts down a conversation. Whereas if we're going for a walk and we're side by side and we're looking at other things, it immediately takes the pressure out of that situation. Yeah. And there is some science to suggest that actually that can boost better conversations. It can create an environment for better sharing if yeah. you're, or another one is driving. You do it in the car, yeah. don't you? Because there's a, there's an end to the journey. You know, yeah. they know how long it's going to be. There's an end to it. So whatever conversation they know, it's, it's not going to be sat in the living room, right? We're going to have a talk and we're going to deal with this. Yeah. And we're going no to sit end to the conversation. Yeah. It's, the journey is, we're on a car journey, which he knows, or he knows it's going to be 10 minutes. So. They think well, the worst the conversation, the worst case is in eight minutes, I'll be getting out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's quite a big Can thing. I just say one thing about the, the back of your book as well? This one quote, I absolutely love it. You say, we are not born hating our bodies. Make sure your kids never hate theirs. I think mm. it's such an amazing, powerful it's true though, isn't few it? words. And it's so true. It's, Sorry, it's, I just completely randomly threw that in there. I just no, wanted to get it across I, before I forget. I think it's a really important thing to remember is that, um, you know, so much of this stuff, I mean, b- body image is really complicated and there are lots of different variables. And actually there is some evidence to show that there can be a genetic component to body to body image. So the way that we, you know, and eating disorders as well, like that, that it's not just one cause that's causing this I think it's lots of different things but I do think that the environment that we're living in and all the different pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that make up that environment have they do have a massive impact Mm. on the way that not just grown-ups feel about their own bodies but the way that children do as well roots and wings it's quite interesting because um in in our house the girls have navigated body image reasonably well my teenage girls for one reason or another um um, you know Danielle knows every week there's another product I've bought I'm like a marketeer's dream because I'm 46 I'm thinking oh no I'm getting all you know so whether or not it's weight or aging or you know I'm so and I'm doing it and I'm consuming it and the girls are saying oh what is it this week collagen and now I'm on mushroom tea and you know Thankfully, they've navigated it. But then on the flip side of that, I have a 12-year-old son who is tiny for his age. Mm. And unfortunately, much tinier than both of his sisters were at his age. And Mm. we've found that really difficult because 
you know, girls, I think we all, as mums, we sort of have this natural understanding of what it's been like to be. He really struggles with being a tiny boy. He's a 12, you know, he's year eight. Um, and I say things like, oh, small but mighty. And I'm literally now, having read your book, <laughs> thinking, small but mighty. That, uh, and I'm trying to sort of, I suppose, put a positive spin on the fact that he is smaller, but at the same time thinking, I probably shouldn't say that, should I? I think that it's, I think the fact that you are aware that it's something that that bothers him probably is shows that you're doing a good job because he's able to vocalise that. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's it's really natural as a parent to want to sort of rush in and, like I said before, fix it and want to sort of say, oh, you're, you're, you're not small, you're this, or you're not fat, you're this, or you're not ugly, you're this. And actually, mm-hmm. I think sometimes it can be quite an empowering thing for a child to hear the parents say, do you know what, it's re- it is actually really difficult, isn't it, this culture that we're growing up in? There's so yeah. much pressure to look a certain way. Yeah. Um, and it's not unusual to struggle with this stuff. It doesn't mean that it's normal that you have to live with it, but it is unfortunately quite common. But there are things that we can do to feel better. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I can think can be quite useful is like finding new heroes. So um, who's the guy in Spider-Man? Is it Tom Holland? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's say, been mentioned actually in our house. Yes. I want to yeah. say Tom Holland. So like, I think that for for kids to have heroes, role models can be like quite a, a useful mm. thing. And I think sometimes you do have to go looking for those heroes, particularly if they're not people who are always going to be like shown in the kids social media feed or you know the heroes that they're going to necessarily hear about in mainstream media so you know whether that's like a different type of sporting hero or you know someone who who might look similar to them or have a similar shaped body for them to realize actually bodies do come in all shapes and sizes but we just don't always see or hear about all these bodies and actually the the thing with you know body size is also massively linked in with gender stereotypes so you know boys learn from a really young age that you know a really positive characteristic for a boy to have is to be brave and strong you know and what does a yeah, exactly. Well, what does a brave, strong boy look like? They've got mm. muscles and they're big and they look like, you know, the, 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 the prince on Disney is, is always taller than the princess, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, why? Let's have a short prince and a tall princess. Like they don't have to, who said, who made the rule that in, in a heterosexual relationship, the girl always has to be shorter than the boy. <laughs> like it's just a gen, it's just a way that gender stereotypes show up. And yeah. they can impact how we how we feel about our bodies and and the judgments that we make. And if we lived in a world where those sort of t- stereotypes didn't exist, it would probably be a lot easier for us to be friends with our bodies. Unfortunately, we don't live in that world. So what we can do is make our children aware that these stereotypes exist and sort of start to give them the tools to start thinking a little bit critically about them. And yeah. then to start to see their differences as things to be celebrated rather than things to sort of try and hide or or overcome you know as soon as as soon as we start using words like oh you're not this you're this what we might be doing is inadvertently promoting the idea that that is actually a bad thing actually it's not a bad thing to be small just like it's not a bad thing to be big it's not a bad thing 
to to have brown hair you know my daughter who's neurodivergent you know it's not a bad thing to be autistic it's just a way for your brain to be you know just in the way that that you you know that that someone might have brown hair or someone might have blue eyes you know it's just it's just a difference it's just it's just a neutral thing you know it just I can just hear like a million parents say of teens thinking though yeah but it's so much harder when they're a teenager, isn't it? To yeah. quieten all that other noise. Like we were saying before you came on, you know, when they were little and you now with Myla, everything yeah. you say is gold. Everything you say is just the way it is. Yeah, she believes everything I say. It's always right. What? Ha- <laughs> I mean, how do you navigate it once they get to being where all those other influences really do start to kick in their peers, the social media I think it's a really, again, I think it's a really difficult one. And I don't think there's a one size fits all approach. And I think that teenagers, there are so many other variables Like you can't, you can't realistically be checking everything that they're watching online. You're not with them all the time. And I think partly, there's um, an element of accepting that, that one of the one of the roles, one of the jobs of being a teenager is identity exploration it's part of something they have to go through you know to to grow up and part of that is sort of trying on different identities and working out who they are and they sort of have to do a lot of that work away from the parent because they have to work out who they are away from their parents so I always joke that like one of the worst things (laughs) that would be like the one of the worst ways that my kids could rebel against me would be to then like become real like bigots and like you know start like saying it's bad to be fat and you know like they they almost know that those are the things that the values that I hold really dear so for them to kind of have something to rebel against it would almost be to go the opposite way I think that with teenage with older kids what can be useful is learning together as well and I think a lot of parents a lot of parents particularly that come to me and come to my work they're coming at a point where they have started to have to do a lot of unlearning of their own and so what they almost want to do is like read the book and and do do the work and get all the answers before they then approach it with their children and I don't think that it's there's ever a period where you do reach that end game where you do like reach the final get you know your certificate and graduate from you know positive body image school doesn't work like that it's an ongoing thing so I think it's never too early to start having these conversations and maybe learn alongside your child I like that yeah whether that's listening finding a podcast that might be an interesting podcast you don't have to listen to it together but you could say oh you know or even like a a 30 second Instagram or TikTok video that resonates with you send it to your kid and see what did you think of that let's have a conversation and try and sort of learn together at the same time and I think actually that probably more empowering for a teenager it's quite an empowering thing for a teenager particularly to hear their parents say you know I don't have all the answers absolutely I've got this stuff wrong in the past myself I don't know I don't know what I'm doing with this so let's learn together yeah and they I think they quite appreciate your vulnerability because they probably feel like you know you you're meant to know everything. But I think sometimes, certainly in my experience, I remember sitting down with Ruby to talk to her about periods and because she was my eldest and I sat down with a laptop and I went, right, um, I've not done this before, Ruby, so should we Google how to talk to your teens about periods? And she was like, mum. And I was like, well, I'm just being honest. Like my yeah. mum didn't talk to me about it. She shoved a Tampax book underneath my bedroom door. So 
why don't we just Google it together? And it became quite a funny light, but it was a, just what you're saying, like learning together thing. And, you know, like you were talking about um, all the kind of uh, understanding when you're being sold to and understanding diet culture and all of that. Learning together is a great idea, yeah, isn't it? it's like educating yourself alongside yeah. your child of everything and letting them know that, you know, because I've got to remember when Mimi got onto all social medias and, you know, when they're saying go buy this dress and it'll look like this. Well, it might look like that on her, but, you know, she's got like an hourglass shape. She's, you know, she's curvy. I says it's not going to look exactly like it is on. And it's probably been filtered. Yeah, and it's filtered <laughs> and the lighting's different. And, you know, it's all the comparison and comparing them herself. I mean, she's past it all now, but it took a lot of me scrolling and going, well, look, they've got a different lighting on there. So that's why it looks like that. Or it's it's about like educating myself and her yeah. to, to show that all bodies are completely different and yeah. that is not going to look the same on mm-hmm. you as it does on her. And from doing like modeling shoots and stuff, most of the time they're like tied around the back and they've got all <laughs> clips on and they're all this. It's, it's not like that. Yeah. It's just The image is not what you get it's not real <laughs> but that what you're describing there that's media literacy and that's loads it. of adults don't even have media literacy like it's it, it, lots of us will look at a picture and just sort of accept that picture even though we know critically often that filters exist like it's difficult to get past that mm-hmm. but I think having those conversations that's that's media literacy in action what you've just described is yeah. you know you're encouraging your daughter to think critically about things um and not just accept everything that she sees at face value and I think that's a useful tool not just for body image but for everything particularly yeah. in you know we live in a, a disinformation world where lots of the information that we're getting is coming from lots of different places and it's not all been vetted. And I'm a journalist by trade. So I was a journalist before I did the work that I do now. And I'm regularly saying to my kids, particularly my older daughter, you know, she she might come down and be like, oh, mum, have you heard about this? Or what about this? And it's something that she's seen on TikTok or one of her friends has sent her. And I'm like, right, well, let's verify that. You know, let, let's go to the source. Let's actually see, is this a credible source? Is this true? Because anyone can say anything online and just put a video up or yeah. put a post up. It doesn't have to go through the rigorous. But even then, when it does go through the rigorous thing, I know from having been on the other side of it, that the what goes out into the world that the media puts out is also informed by the biases that journalists hold. Of course. So, you know, there are conversations happening in newsrooms that are informing what we see and what we get to see, you know, on on TV or whatever. And so actually having that understanding how media is created, whether it's a, a TikTok video or an Instagram post or a Snapchat, like whatever it is, like understanding how that media is created and, and, the, and what the purpose of it is, yeah. is really useful, you know, because I think half the stuff that we're consuming now is actually just adverts but we're not even aware it's an advert is social media um, kind of aiding your campaign or or sort of limiting it how does it how does it work for you with with what you're trying to sort of share and shout about it's a double-edged sword I think (laughs) I don't think it's um what I, I really hate it when people say oh well and it's often from older people and they'll say, mm-hmm. oh, well, 
the reason that children feel so you know the reason that children feel so bad about their body it's all because of this social media is yes it's it's all because of these filters and what I think that does is I think it 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 reduces the problem it oversimplifies the problem and it also takes away any accountability and any responsibility on us as adults who are shaping the cult partly shaping the culture that our kids are growing up in um it 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 absolves us of responsibility to do anything about it and it also might be a bit of a comfort blanket to think that we we're not part of the problem yeah and I think that we all are we're all individuals living in society and it's a societal issue and we're all part of the solution we're all part of the problem we're also all part of the solution because three-year-old children are already knowing that you know thinking that fat is bad and those three-year-old children aren't on TikTok. Yeah, so actually, yeah. those messages are coming from all sorts of different places. Um, I think that social media can be a really, it can be a positive tool because it can mm-hmm. give us the opportunity to see representation that we're not yeah. seeing elsewhere. So I know that, you know, um, body diversity is, you can you can see that type of diversity online in, in places that you might not, not so much now because brands are cottoning on to the positive impact of celebrating diversity, but there but is- But they're doing that because way. of social media, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing that exactly. because social media created this noise and said, we want to be heard and we want yeah. to be seen. And then the brands thought, oh yeah. shit, we better, you yeah. know, we better get on board with this diversity thing. And like we were saying, I bought Ruby, who's nearly 19, um, a black baby doll for her first baby because I want I knew we were, she was going to grow up in a very white kind of you know middle class she was going to a Catholic school which was mostly white and you were saying now you don't have to necessarily you know Myla yeah, so brings, Myla back, brings books back books from nursery yeah they're, they're much more diverse so diverse like they've always got you know a brown face on the front or throughout the book where my elder two they didn't have any anything like that I used to buy cards and color them in like really? brown and buy like paintings and things and color them in because there was just there, you couldn't get it that easy yeah um where now it is it is definitely it's a step in the right direction I don't think we're there yet personally no. um <laughs> definitely not there in the right direction you know you might have a brown family on tv but you wouldn't have maybe a brown mum and a white dad it just yeah. you know so we are we've got a lot more work to do but it's definitely step in the right direction the problem with social media um particularly tiktok and instagram is that they're really big vis- they're visually visual apps and so what we can often see is that the you know someone will post a picture of themselves or even like a lip syncing video or whatever and the comments underneath will often be oh you look so beautiful you're so pretty and this is i see this with my own daughter you know mm-hmm. my own teenager and I'm always trying to say to her, like, it's interesting that your friends have all said, oh, you're so pretty or all commented on the way you look. And not one single person said, oh, great lip syncing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, why, why is that automatically the thing that they're going to to say? It's just, just interesting. Because and it is visual. You'll be like, oh, like- mum, it's just what people do. But yeah. I just want her to kind of be aware mm-hmm. that that is happening because it can just make us very hyper-focused on what we look like is always the thing. It's yeah. always the thing that we're focused on. Yeah. And and I think that that can be a positive thing if we're seeking out representation and seeking out diversity we might not be seeing elsewhere. 
can be a negative thing because what it can do is reinforce this idea that our body is the most important thing about us yes. and our looks are the most important thing about us. And actually, if we want to promote positive body image, we need to get away from always thinking about way, the way we look. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My job is, my. I, I keep quoting, uh, my job is not to be pretty. That's, yeah. that's been quoted quite a lot in, in our yeah. house because, because you find yourself falling into the trap. It's all without, you know, I think we... They've done all right, but then you do find yourself. My middle daughter's a footballer and she's big into promoting, you know, female empowerment and being just being really fit and happy. And and yet she sat watching the England girls the other night and she said something, said something about Frank Kirby's hair. And I was like, Minnie. And she was like, My job is not to be pretty. I was like, Yeah, you, you fall into the trap. And she said, Oh, why has she got hair like that? And I said, never mind look how well she just played but yeah. you know it's also all right isn't it to sometimes kind of just well, I mean, have look that at David Beckham I mean how yes. much with the conversations about David Beckham's hair when he was like on the pitch yes. back in the day so I think it's brilliant. natural That's like it, yeah it's not it's naive to think that we're never gonna notice yeah. the way that people look and we're not going to make judgments about that because we're human beings. But I think it's important to catch ourselves when we do it. Absolutely. And try and find other things to comment on, at least as well as, you know. Absolutely. That's what I'm going to take from that. I think it, that, that, that's kind of really good summing up is just, you know, we're not, we are, we, this doesn't negate us from, you know, ever messing up and commenting on people's looks, but it's just catching yourself and saying, okay. Uh, you know, perhaps I should look for something else in that person rather yeah. than nice hair, nice clothes, nice yeah. feet, for example. <laughs> if you're into that, <laughs> we should conversation end. I don't want to, but you've been we you've been so generous with your time, and we're really really grateful. Can we ask you our two um, questions? We call this our roots and sing. <laughs> you could go back to your teenage self I don't know 13 14 15 even and think of that particular song what was that song oh my gosh this is like really put me on the spot I I saw saw a thing the other day uh like a meme a viral uh video that a guy had done and it was all songs from the 90s and the the idea was that he was dropping his kid off at a party and it was a 90s party and then he wouldn't leave the party because all these bangers were coming on and I was like that's me that's what I'll be like you know um so I love like kind of 90s dance tunes so that uh what was that is it entrance? Only love can set you free. Oh, I'm love not that. Oh, yes, I know that one. Na, 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 forever. But oh my gosh, is that entrance? I think it's, it's entrance, entrance set you free. I don't ever know right. the names of the love can set you free. Set you free. Oh my gosh, that's such a banger. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> she got it. Yeah, I know the baseline. Um, but probably the one, so I love, I love that song. It reminds, but it reminds me of like being a student. So although it came out years before as a student, that was always the one that would get us on the dance floor. But probably the one that um, is like the most iconic song from my teenage years that I remember dancing, being like at discos and dancing to and having it over and over again and playing and really annoying my parents with it. And it's such, it's just really cringe to have this. Oh, it's a really bad song. Is that Blue by Eiffel 65? <laughs> Who is that? What is it? I'm blue, dabba-dee, dabba-dee. Oh, my <laughs> <word>. <laughs> so bad. I thought that song was only out yesterday. 
Yeah, they really, classic this shows this shows well. the age thing. They they remixed it. That's it. They did like a, re, a rethink of it. I think it's on TikTok yeah. now, isn't it? Um, there's like a new version, but the original oh. one is the one. And I remember like it came out when I was like 14 or 15 on holiday in France on a campsite and we were like on a disco and we all made up a dance to it and then I got home and I showed all my friends and then like even now I'm I'm 40 now it comes on if that song came on and me and my best friend would no still routine. Routine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. love that right they're going on our playlist we're going to create a Roots and Wings playlist so they, yeah. I apologize <laughs> <They're really laughs> they can make it on and people can feel free to skip <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally Molly what would you say if you could go back what would you say to your to 14 year old Molly what one piece of advice would you give her you're all right no oh. you're all right just carry just chill out hold your nerve carry on doing what you're doing everything will be all right oh, so many people have a similar sort yeah. of thing but you know you, you when you're 14 you think the world is is that moment in time yeah, don't you yeah, and, and everything is defined by your 14 year old self so that's brilliant thank you that conversation with molly could have probably gone on for i mean it did go on quite long yeah but <laughs> we we literally i feel like we've just scratched the surface yeah, as yeah. well like absolutely absolutely i would massively encourage people to go and check out Molly on Instagram. She's Molly J Forbes on Instagram. And then Body Happy Org is her um, body happy movement. And she is a really good at updating stuff and sharing lots and lots of info. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go and check her out. Another podcast that actually our lovely producer Katie recommended, Go Love Yourself Pod, is um, is well worth a listen actually along the same kind of lines of everything we've been talking about today it's with Laura Adlington and Lauren Smith and um, they've got some really interesting episodes all around body positivity so and all about loving yourself which is what I found really good on their podcast as well absolutely so yeah have a little listen to that um so what's coming up next what will our next episode we've got another big one well they're all big aren't they but yeah. I, the next one is yeah it is a very big one it is bullying yeah bullying it's a huge topic we've got a great guest coming up for that and um it's a very emotive subject for lots of people yes and we've got our own stories on it as well absolutely um, but please please guys after this you know after you've listened please give us some feedback as well and yeah. um, because we are obviously doing the topics that we personally want to um talk about but we are listening to all our community on our instagram yeah, find Just, us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, can you remember the Instagram handle, Danielle? Oh my gosh, no, go on, I'll let you do that bit. It's at Roots Wings Raising Teens. Roots Wings Raising, Raising teens. teens. We are available in our DMs there. Um, and that's probably the best way to get hold of us for now. Yes. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. So questions around bullying, thoughts about upcoming episodes that you'd like us to feature. Um and just anything like yeah just chat to us please let us know if you've had a parenting fail it makes us feel like yeah much better so much better (laughs) doesn't it yeah (laughs) because we generally have a few a week don't we yeah definitely um, yeah we'd love to hear from you similarly we're still you know we we promised the team voice and we're gonna we are going to bring it we might have a teen takeover that's kind of one of the plans yeah that but teenagers are hard to get chatting without grunting sometimes as well (laughs) yeah so if you are a teenager um who wants to get into 
much. I think we might have one lined up for the bullying episode, yes, which is really do. exciting. But we'd love to hear from you too. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you again. And thank for you, listening. Molly, and thank you to our listeners. Woohoo! <laughs>